Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I-Shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Hi, my name is Dr. Chanel Otley-Allen, host of Caribbean Bird Stories. This is the first and only podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across the beautiful islands of the Caribbean and the diaspora. Caribbean Bird Stories has been and continues to provide a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome to Caribbean Boot Stories. I can barely stay still in my seat. Last season, I had my first Caribbean dad featured on the podcast, and it was really refreshing hearing his perspective on pregnancy, booth, and parenthood. Naturally, I thought, why not feature another Caribbean father this season? Truth be told, with, at the risk of sounding slightly stalkerish, I had my eyes on nabbing an interview with one particular father. Reason being, he appears to successfully balance his career and family life while living under intense public scrutiny. Not only is he a Caribbean father of three beautiful children and doting husband to his wife of nine years, soon to be 10, he is an elite athlete who who skillfully represents our region, as well as being a part of some of the most successful teams internationally. He is the epitome of what it means to be West Indian. Please welcome the current captain of the West Indies T20 and one day international cricket squad, Kyron Pollard. (laughs) Some of his more notable accolades include captain of the Trimbago Knight Riders team in the CPL, um, the first cricketer for the West Indies to play in 100 T20 international matches, and the second longest standing West Indian cricketer in the Indian Premier League with the most successful team, the Mumbai Indians. I covered everything? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kyron. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you for, thank you for having me and for that wonderful you know, introduction. Oh, you're most welcome. So on TV, when I'm watching cricket... I normally say Pollard, right? I'm like, Pollard, oh gosh, catch your ball, da, 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 right? So I may go between Kyron and Pollard. I hope you don't mind. No, no, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. And then, of course, you know, people call you Polly too. So there'll be a mix of... Which, which, whichever one is easier for you. I will. Okay, good. All right. So we're going straight into it. As a young man growing up in Trinidad, right? Did you ever have dreams of becoming a father, having children? Yes, of course. Um, you know, growing up in a in a home where obviously I have my mom, my stepdad. You know, didn't know my father from from the, from the start. Um, he left when I was a two two and a half. Um, yeah, he saw the struggles of my mom, and you know, going through that, um, I always you know wanted to have a family of my own. And one of the things is that having a family of my own, but you know, being there, you know, for my kids, being there, you know, for my family, and you know, I was able to, you know, sort of realize my dream, you know, at a very, very early age. Um, and it's still, you know, it's still continuing as, as we speak. Yes. And so would you say your journey to fatherhood was a smooth one in the sense that after you got married, how quickly did you guys have? Well, 
fortunately and unfortunately, in Caribbean terms, you know, um, our first kid came before we were married, actually. Okay. Before we were officially married. So um, I was about, what, 22 at that time? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he came into existence. Um, at that point in time, I had just started to, yeah. you know, sort of travel, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, she was, um, Jenna was in um, New York and... And I was back and forth, you know, playing cricket around the Caribbean, around the world. Right. And then I had some time off, I guess, when he was conceived. <laughs> so, you know, right. I was a bit on a holiday and, you know, things mm-hmm. happened from there. Yes. But what was your first thought then that came to mind when you realized, okay, Jenna is expecting, we're going to have a baby. What was your initial reaction? Um, you know, for little love. It was. I was excited, mm-hmm. um, looking forward to it, um, but it was more of a sort of a fright because you know, you know, before that she had gotten pregnant, and you know, early up was a sort of a miscarriage, which is mm-hmm. you know normal these days, as we say. Normally, that used to be a secret, but right. so it was more of a, a sort of fright and hoping and wondering if everything is going to run, you know, smoothly. Yes. Um, so. Just like in anything else, kept, you know, praying, sticking to one another, making sure everything is okay. And and as the days go by and the months go by, the belly started to rise. The doctors were very, very impressed with what they were seeing. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, nine months later, <laughs> I was there. Right. But before we get to nine months later, you know, in Trinidad, we love to give advice. In the Caribbean, we love to give advice. So when you found out you were expecting and you told and you started sharing with people, you know, this is what's going to happen. Did you receive any particular words of wisdom or just maybe pecong? I don't know what, like your teammates, your family. Well, yeah, obviously, um, you know, get it. I'm a young man, like you bring a kid into this world. Mm-hmm. You think you're ready for that. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to sustain, you know, the baby. And the innocent child coming into this world, you know, you have to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, these sort of things. Um, you know, obviously from your teammates and stuff, and I said there, lockdown, we can't see you again. Right, right. Uh, on a Friday night, you'll have to be making bubble, bottles and changing pampers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know things like that. Um, right. But it was it was good. It was good all the same. Obviously, you'd have seen, you know, different people at different times, you know, having pregnant other halves or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was pretty much excited and, you know, just took everything on board, took everything with a smile and, right. you know, gave back the people where I can. At different times. Yes. I even remember we were in a tournament in India in October, September, October, and I told them, come on, fellas, we have to win it. Mm-hmm. Delhi is big, pampers and milk are going up daily, so we need we need we need the cash. Yes, yes. And that's a good segue because I wanted to ask you if you were present for the booths of all your children. Um nope. Nope. The, I wasn't there for for the first two, I was there for the last one um, in 20, 2019. Okay. 2019 in, in May. And that and he came right after the IPL as well. So right. that was a free time. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot. He, he has been the lucky one. He has gotten basically sort of everything. Most of the attention. So, and then from, from 2019, then the pandemic and everything. So he actually got a lot of time. Right. Whereas uh, my first son, Kaiden, mm-hmm. I was in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in, in New York. Um, right. I was playing there, you know, got my first contract in Australia. So it's a decision that we, we sort of had to make in terms of me being there for the boot or me playing cricket. Obviously, being 22, 
which one is more important at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, together, made the decision that, you know, she'd handle it, her family is at her, she'll be fine. Right. Um, just kept in contact on a regular basis. And, and yeah, um, it came in January, January 20th. Mm-hmm. I'd finished my tournament about the... 18th, so I flew straight to straight to New York. Mm-hmm. When I got there, I was only there for two days because I had I left Australia and I had to fly to New York and then fly all the way back to Australia after two days because the West Indies were going to play a tour there. So oh, wow. that was my journey, you know, for the boat to, to see yeah. you know my son, you know, after after a couple of weeks, um, after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what did you do in those two days? Like, did you sleep at all? Well. I got to sleep, um, obviously being jet lag and stuff like that, but just being there, being around, mm-hmm. um, holding him. Um, I'm a, I have a phobia for holding babies at that age, so right. they basically just sit there, <laughs> and they put them on me, and I held them, and I said, okay, come, take him now. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. So that was for him, and then... Mm-hmm. And your daughter? For Janaya. Yeah. I was actually in Barbados playing a just pulling up to a CPL game okay. when I got the call that we went into labor and just as before I tossed for Barbados, I got the call that, you know, baby is born, everyone is healthy. Mm-hmm. So I was good. So I went and I played that game. Um, Tell me your one. We had a five-day break after. Uh-huh. So I flew from Barbados to, to, to New York mm-hmm. again and um, obviously spent a couple of days again. Um, same procedure, mm-hmm. same thing. This time you have a little son and a baby, so I can hold my little son. He's good. He's, you know, what's four, four years, three years. Right. So he's good. Press the baby on top of me. Same procedure again. <laughs> I, I spent a couple of days on, then I was back, back onto the grind, but, you know, back to St. Lucia to play, you know, to finish the tournament. So mm-hmm. yeah, for the first year I wasn't there. And then for the last one, as I mentioned earlier, IPL had finished. And he came in May, on the 28th of May. So I actually spent the last, say, two weeks and a half with her, with her, with her big belly. Right, right. And, you know, took her to the, um, to the hospital and stuff like that. I was there for, for his birth. Okay, so I'm sure the other fellas out there want to know, did you look? No. <laughs> the last one she had, she had C-section. So obviously, okay. I was behind and... And you know, I was happy. I was happy for that because I'm not. I'm big and strong and muscular. Yes, but I can't see blood. Oh Lord, so, yeah, yeah. So obviously, with that, you have the big blind in front and yes. or whatever. But yes. you know, there's the whole perspective of you know uh, a woman giving birth, mm-hmm. you know, to a child. That that in itself is a it's an experience. Mm-hmm. How did you feel like the lead up to? I'm mean, talking about your third child, your son, last son, and you know the lead up to going into the hospital, what were your emotions, you know, your thoughts during that period of time, since it's the first time you experienced in it firsthand, even with your third child? Yeah, I was, I was nervous, mm-hmm. you know, more nervous and, 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 and anxious than facing someone who's more than 90 miles an hour. Right. Um, on the other end, um, because you don't know what to expect. Um, they, they would have briefed you as to what they're going to do and how it's going to be and, and all of that. Um, yeah. But you still don't know what to expect. You, know, you, hear, you hear all sorts of things happen, you know, sort of during childbirth. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start to think about the future. You know, if something is to happen here now, if something is to happen to your wife, something to, happen to the baby, what's going to happen, how it's going to affect yourself, the family, the kids, everybody. So right. 
it was all of that happening all before when you went and tried to hook up to the machines and all these things. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, okay. But, you know, just like anything else, it happened so quickly, you didn't, to me, didn't have much chance, you know, to think. Right. Um, so after we went in and then in two twos, you hear the cry, ah, that, that, that's it already? That? Yes. <laughs> so okay. I, didn't get, I didn't get to see the push and the pain and the cry. And, right. And, and what you see on the TV and the squeeze the hand and the cursing you and, and, you know, why did you do this? And no, I didn't get that. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, having had these lovely children, would you say fatherhood has changed you as a person? Um, I wouldn't say it has changed. It has changed me. I think it has helped me. Okay. As a as a person, as an individual, um, having my first kid at twenty two, I said, knowing my personal background, mm-hmm. it gave me a sense of sort of belonging, a sense of that every time that I step onto that cricket field or whatever I'm doing for work, that I'm not only doing it for myself, but I I have to do it for innocent, you know, human being, you know, my wife, my family, um, at that point in time. Um, so it was like. Everything that I'm doing is a sense of purpose. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not just doing it. So it helped me in terms of a res- to be responsible mm-hmm. from a very, very, you know, young age. And maybe it has helped, it has, not maybe it has actually helped me in my cricket career in terms of being able to, to focus on the job at hand and not take on a lot of things that, you know, happens on the peripherals of, of the international sport. Right. And, you know, speaking, we must speak about cricket. I mean, we cannot talk about cricket, right? As an international sportsman, how do you cope with the expectations of fatherhood being away from your children so often? So, like, from our listeners and viewers, right now you're in quarantine in India preparing for IPL season. Um, You know, so the family is back home and you're there by yourself. How do you cope with these expectations of fatherhood? To be honest, it's difficult, but credit credit must go to, to Jenna mm-hmm. and her family, and all of my family as well as to how things have spanned out. They have, you know, sort of, I look at this, they have sacrificed a lot, you know, for myself to be able to be free from all the demands that come with family, fatherhood, and these things, and, and, and give me the opportunity to sort of solely focus on what I need to do, what I need to accomplish, understanding that it is going to be for a short time. Right. Right? It's going to be demanding. It is demanding in terms of, you know, not being there. Mm -hmm. But making the kids understand and everybody understand the sacrifice that we are making is for all of us. Right. So every opportunity that we get, you know, for the kids to travel or for us to travel as a family, we do that. Mm -hmm. You see, I just speak here with the pandemic and everything, I left home on the 2nd of January, the start of this year. Mm-hmm. I only got back um, in the end of the end of February. Mm-hmm. I spent basically less than two weeks at home, and then I'm here again, you know, by myself. So, right. you know, these are the things that, you know, we go through for, say, for instance, 12 months of the year, I'm basically out for about 10 combined mm-hmm. with the two months in between with different things. So right. yeah. she has taken on a lot. Mm-hmm. you know, from that aspect of it. Um, the kids understand, you know, what I do when they travel and they're around, they see and they understand and they know. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot easier. So we don't have all the emotion that daddy's going. Ever so often when I'm away for a long time and then I go home for a, long, a longer period of time, it, it kicks in mm-hmm. for a couple of days, but then they understand and we, we tell them the days of 
okay, I'm going to be away for these days, but at this juncture, they're going to come. Yeah. You know, or mommy's going to travel, mommy's going to leave you home, you know, just to be with daddy a little bit and come back and then she'll come back and then all of you will go and, right. and things like that. So we, we, we give it to them so they know and they understand rather than try to hide and, yes. you know, bob and weave as to, you know, yeah, he's coming tomorrow and it's not tomorrow and, and things like that. Right. Oh, that's excellent. I mean, I think the children of this generation, they're not going to believe any kind of like white light, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. know the realities of what's going on. You know, we have to give them a lot more credit. So it's good for you and, you know, Jenna, that you guys tell them up front and, you know, so they have an idea of what the schedule is, what the expectations uh, can be as well. So, um, and then I know back in maybe a couple of years ago, you have a wonderful team in the Mumbai Indians in that, I think I heard that they sent a private jet for you and the family. Is that true? Um, yes. Um, yes. Uh, during the pandemic, um, 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, well, yeah, 2020. Um, obviously, we had to travel. Um, again, being precautionary and, you know, wanting to have you know, myself across the safe and song, understanding it's a pandemic, understanding the need for company yeah. and family. Um you know, they have been wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, over the last 12 years, you know, I've played for them. Um, mm-hmm. they, they they have been wonderful. They understand family, they understand human needs, they understand international sports, and they do things and put things in a way. So <clears throat> we as individuals, we just have to focus on trying to perform and win titles, you know, for them. And I think that's the way, you know, you compromise in every way. And the most we can do as individuals is give our best and, you know, try to produce, you know, trophies. It's not going to happen all the time. Right. But, you know, the effort is, is there. So, you know, we got the opportunity as a family to enjoy the, <clears throat> as we said, the finer things in life. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> the things we see on the television and, and, and you know, all these movies and stuff like that. And it was a great experience because all of us got the opportunity to, right. to enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. And, you know, the kids were pretty happy. And, of course. You know, nothing more than seeing them smiling and, you know, just being relaxed. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was that was good. Um, we really appreciated that. Okay, so that's the the positive side of it. But given the current climate that we're in right now, where public figures such as athletes and singers and actors they're using their platform to bring awareness to issues such as institutionalized social injustices, right? In your participation in international cricket, so where you know, be it with the West Indies. Big IPL, Big Bash. Have you personally experienced any degree of institutionalized racism while applying your trade? Um, maybe I'm a bit, say, for instance, naive to it, or mm-hmm. I don't pay much attention to it because sometimes I'm so focused on what I have to do. Um, right. I've had instances, like even on a cricket field, people in the stands, you know, saying things directly to myself right but so strong minded and mentally in that aspect of it i just ignore it because i know it's nothing that i can do and i also i also know that if i react more often than not no matter who's in the wrong i will be more wrong as we will say yes so better i just ignore it you know some days yes you can't ignore Mm -hmm. but that is something that I've embedded in myself that, listen, you're going to get it because you see it, you hear it, mm-hmm. you feel it. Right. But how do you, how do you sort of 
reacted um, in different things, and sometimes in selections, mm. in, in contracts. You know, some people get the edge because of. Mm -hmm. And for me, as I said, I'm naive to it, but I know it and I see it, and I just say, you know what? It is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's the way of the world. Can I alone change this? No. Right. But I'll do my part quietly or however I need to do it in order for it to not happen to me and get out of, say, for instance, out of control. Right. In that in that in that sense but yes i have i have seen it i've felt it okay i've been in situations and and you see it and to me i'm appalled by it because i look at it as you cut me cut you, you get blood and at the end of the day we're on this we're on this road for a short time mm -hmm. yeah so having reflected on your experience as a father what is one piece of advice you wish you received as an expectant father. So back when you were 22, expecting your baby, what kind of advice you wish you got? So maybe that pair fathers now who are expecting and utilize that information. Um, I don't think that any that I should have gotten because I, you know, sort of, I'm an individual who, who likes to learn, who likes to, to, to watch things and see things. So I sort of pick up on a lot of different things and, have a lot of internal sort of thinking and whatever. So I know what is necessary. I know what is needed. I know what I have to do in certain parts. I know my role, my responsibility, mm -hmm. you know, like that. So, and then it's not like I needed or wanted any piece of advice. Um, okay. So it's not like that. But what I would just simply say for me, for my, for my being to expectant fathers and, you know, young people is that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a innocent human being you're bringing into this world that is corrupted by all sorts. And the most that you can do is try to be there and try to lay and have the foundation so they can be the best that they can be as individuals and a human being. Yeah. So that's how I would look at it. Um, you being there and, and being that role model and showing them right from wrong. Mm -hmm. Let them understand the world. But because as we, as we speak, Things change. Mm -hmm. Your social media, the technology is going yes. crazy. The kids are more technologically inclined than yourself, mm -hmm. you know, at this present juncture. So, you know, just try to be there and give them that foundation so they can understand life. Right. And that's the best that you can do because you see when there are absent parents, absent fathers in kids' lives, it plays a, a big role. Yes, when they get to a certain age, it becomes choices. Right. But... You know, in, in, in the lead up to that and the foundation, you know, you see the different patterns of behavior, behaviors in kids who grew up in homes with mothers and fathers, mothers alone, fathers alone, mm -hmm. or a troubled home and stuff like that. So just try to be there. You're already doing the good time and you having a good time as an as a, as a adult. The most that you can do is accept your consequences as you'll see it mm -hmm. and, you know, try to give them the best foundation so they can, you know, be one step better than yourself or help in society to be a better person. Right. Lovely. And do you have a special message for Jenna? Because right now she's like about to receive the order of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Well, she should. She should. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but, um, you know, for me, just, you know, continue to support, um, you know, the career is not going to be for a long time, as we, we have spoken about in, you know, numerous times. Um, I'm actually getting down in age. I'm starting to get a couple of gray hairs that, you know, I'm not really happy about. <laughs> but let's use it as wisdom. 
but you know continues to support and you know hopefully at the end of everything we can you know sort of continue to review the rewards and the benefits you know of all the sacrifices and you know that our kids can grow up to be you know great human beings they can grow up to be even better than their dad better than their mom mm -hmm. and we can continue to live you know sort of happily you know ever after um and just and try to enjoy you know what we have been brought on this earth to do what whatever that is at this point in time so continue to support and you know hopefully one day again i'll be washing some dishes in the sink and you know cleaning the house at some point in time not all right <laughs> all right we heard that uh, this is live <laughs> so we'll be keeping holding you to that one um and any message to the children because i mean like the youngest one he's not I don't know if he's going to even listen to this, but, you know, maybe down the road he may want to listen. Do you have any messages for them? No, to the kids, just continue to be who you are. Um, you know, mommy and daddy will always be there to support, you know, whatever you want to, to achieve you know, in life. We'll try to be there to lay that foundation and you know, continue to, 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 to love you all. Um, again, Kainan said he's going to be, he wants to be the better Pollard. So, Ooh. so, yeah, I wish him, I wish him all the luck in that. Um, I'll continue to give him some, as we say, Trini Pekong, as we go along, it's not going to be easy. Right. But, you know, I'll wish for him to, you know, whatever he decides to do, you know, be, you know, good at it. Janaya, mm -hmm. you know, she's she's my number one. Jenna knows that. Um, so she's my, you know, daddy's little girl. Right. Um, daddy's little princess. So, you know, whatever she wants to do. And, you know, Kylan, again, he's everything the other two wasn't. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll take him with a pinch of salt, but we all love them. We all love them. Okay, great. Now, we're not finished because I couldn't let this interview end without having a little bit of fun with you. Um, so here's my spin on the hot seat. So I don't know if you ever watch Ellen or any of those shows. I mean, like, I don't know when you'd have time to do that anyway. But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, but this is going to be called In the Nets. So for our listeners and viewers who are not cricket fans, tell us a little bit about what you do in the nets, like in general, as a cricketer. In the nets, obviously, you practice, you practice your craft, you want to get better at it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you play, as you say, you play the fool oh. you know, as well. <laughs> you, you, just enjoy, you just enjoy yourself. Right. Um, but it's the nets is basically to sharpen up your skills. Right. And your craft. Perfect. So I'm going to be bowling and you're going to be the batsman in the nets, right? So I'm going to be... Eyes closed. <laughs> right. So I'm aiming for that one stump that's there, mm -hmm. right? And you're trying to hit it out of the park. Okay. okay. So my questions are not going to be easy. And I want you to give me that first response. Don't think about it. Who feelings go get hurt? None of that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're starting easy. Your favorite country to travel to and why? Um, I like South Africa. South Africa. Okay, why? South Africa, I just, I find it, you know, it's multicultural, mm -hmm. um, despite their own problems. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, that, you know, being able to move around, I feel that like the Caribbean, you can go to a party, there's the beaches, mm -hmm. then there's safaris, you know, different things to do. So, yeah, so, so far has been South Africa. Okay. The meal that you would never say no to, even if your belly full, you will never say no to this. Macaroni pies, sweet chicken, and potato salad. Wow, it's a lot of starch. Correct, correct is right. <laughs> All right, what is the hardest part about your job? 
hardest part about my job mm-hmm. is people criticizing the things that we do by not understanding the dynamics of what it entails. Yes. Okay. So here we're getting into the hard ones now, huh? Sabina Park, Jamaica, or Kensington Oval, Barbados. Which one? Well, that, that's which one I rather play or I rather not play. How? Oh, that's the that's the question. Sabina Park, Jamaica, or Kensington Oval, Barbados. Give me Sabina Park. Give me give me Sabina Park, Jamaica. All right. Any reason why? No, they hostile, but <laughs> but they um <laughs> but they, they 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 appreciate you know good cricket. Um, despite who you are. Okay. Despite you know being the opposition. Yeah. Right. Okay. What's something you're looking forward to? Anything, but something you're looking forward to? Um, just enjoy that one day where you don't have to think about nothing and just do nothing and just be there, but you know everything else is taken care of. Yeah. Okay. If we could turn back the hands of time, right? Which player would you have wanted to bat with? Listen, Brian Lara or Sachin Tendulkar, and why? Well, mm-hmm. let's see, for me to answer that, mm-hmm. I batted with both. <gasps> you did? You did? Correct, is right. Oh, wow. My research was bad. Sachin, Sachin played for Mumbai Indians. Yeah, I know you played for Mumbai Indians, but I didn't realize you were there. Okay. Yes. He was my first captain at Mumbai Indians. Oh, look at that. And Brian, and, Bra- and Brian was my first captain. He selected me for international cricket in 2007 in the World Cup. Oh, wow. So you have played with them. But did you actually bat with them, any of them? Yeah, I, batted, I didn't bat with Blair and Weston. He's my bat. I batted for, for Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Okay, well, good. You educated me there. See, you can't trust Google, you know. You can't trust Google. <laughs> if you had to just pick one to make your team. Now, this is Bacchanal, right here. If you had to pick one to make your team, who would you choose? Sunil Narayan or Dwayne Bravo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one. I, just one. Just one. Dwayne Narayan. No, you cannot. That is not a person. No, mm-mm. you have to choose one. Why? Bravo. Not emotional wreck, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without letting out too many of your secrets now, the spin bowler you fear the most. That's fine. I can say it now. He's done. Mutaya Mulitaran. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Okay. Okay, one thing your fans do not know about you and they wouldn't be able to find on Google. The one thing. One thing. And probably only Jenna knows this about you. <laughs> that I sometimes take off my clothes and throw that inside of the bed. Oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you leaving the clothes there for, Pollard? Who are you leaving well, the you see, the thing about it in time, it'll pick up. So if I see it, I pick it up. Mm-hmm. If I don't see it, and she sees it before me, right. she'll quarrel and then pick it up. But it's not for her to pick up. Right. But, you know, you just have fun. You know, you just be lazy. You just... But, you know, I feel like the laundry basket might be close by. But that, yeah, but that's a bad habit. Yeah. 
don't worry, you're not alone in that bad habits. But anyway, like, um, all right, we didn't do so bad. That wasn't too bad. Easy, easy. easy. I told you, I told you I had a question in that. You really thought so? No, yeah, I really I don't so. want to get you into trouble, you know. So I try to keep it as much as I can PG thirteen. Yeah, okay. But I must say a huge thank you to Ronald Rogers for all his work as the West Indies strength and conditioning coach over the past two decades and for connecting us to have this amazing interview. So thank you. I mean, I wish you and your family continued blessings and success as you continue to steer not only the West Indies team, but the region back to its rightful position on the world stage. I know it's a mammoth task, but you've proven that your shoulders are broad enough, you are strong enough, and in the words of Sizzler, they can't keep a good man down. <laughs> keep a smile when they want me to frown. There we go. <laughs> so, but before we go, I'd like to ask my guests to choose a song that's representative of their journey to fatherhood. So is there a song that comes to mind when you think of your journey? Um, there's not there's many songs that I, that I sort of like, but in terms of my journey... Not really, right? No, I just have a, I just like um, Tommy Lee's um, Redemption song. Okay, I don't know that song, but okay. I yes. No. You can sing it. You don't really know my story. You don't even know me. The stage is, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. My husband will be very disappointed, but I will go and look at, listen for it after. <laughs> yeah. But then it's, it's either that or just the same one I, I, I sang when I won the um, mm-hmm. against England. Yes. That has been, in all honesty, that has been my um, sort of motto. So you can use that one. Okay. So, so that can keep a good man down mm-hmm. because, again, coming through the ranks, you know, of Western days and all that happens in the internal, you know, islands yes um they tend to you know try to always no matter what you do it's like just continue keep doing that and you know no matter the situation i found myself in i, I use that song you know yeah i can't keep a good man down you know, because i know what i'm doing it's as i said at the start it's for the family it's for it's for myself it's to be someone in society and that's all it is there's no malice and all the other things that comes with it that they think mm-hmm. and i'm just like that so we can use that one. So use this enough and keep a good man down. Okay, great. It was perfect. And congratulations on, on that win as well, that home series win. It was fa- fabulous. Unfortunately, I don't get it all here because in the US, I'm not sure. I have to get Willow. And... Yeah, I get Willow, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um, so maybe the Westernese might change that and we can get it on ESPN sometimes. Well, actually, some things are on ESPN. But yeah, some some are on ESPN, some are on Willow. Right. It's like even the test series now, I think it's on ESPN, but it's according to right. however they do their stuff. So yeah, and two verses in that one. And of course, I am hoping that you have a successful season with the Mumbai Indians. All the best. Thank you. And um, maybe I'll get Jenna on next season. I don't know if she will. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but thank you very much. It was really difficult getting a hold of you, but we got here eventually and I'm really appreciative of it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I said, I would have done it. We would have done it. Mm-hmm. Just find any right time. And this was a perfect time. All right. Great. So have a good one. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com, that's the A-M-A-I shop.com, for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review about what you're loving on this podcast, and be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. 